0: Seconds. He's gonna throw it. Howard leaps. He has it. Touchdown, Carolina, back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Snap back. Spot down. The kick is cleanly away. It is good. And Big it's power with yes, a sir. 54-yard field goal. And how about them Tar Heels? They do it. Here's Kupak. Give it famous Amos. He's good! He's, He's very good. Very good! He's, He's very good! Unbelievable! Unreal! Jordan back to kick. It's blocked again! Picked up! It'll be a touchdown, Carolina, for Bracey Walker. He blocks his second punt and scores his second touchdown of the season. It's 14-13. Mr. Jordan, meet Mr. Walker. Bernard fields it at the twenty-six. Heading to the far side, Gio at the 35, Gio, he's at the 50, no he's not, yes he is, Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown, are you kidding me? This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on Spreaker.com we welcome in? Well, his name on social media is Chappie, the college football writer. Um, he is the co-host of the Bowl Full of Chips podcast, and he does a lot of great work covering Northwestern football, but he also does a great job covering the national college football landscape. But when uh, when I ended up calling you, you answered as Tim. So what, what's your real name? We gotta We got to know the man that's behind the persona on social media. Yeah, I'm Tim Chapman. So obviously, Chaffee, just a, a short nickname of, of my last name. But um, yeah, definitely bleeding college football nationally, and then yeah, my focus is Northwestern. I'm, I'm up here in Michigan in the Midwest, but um, you know, love to span all coasts and you know the north and the south as well. Well, I, I want to ask you, you know, I guess from a perspective of, of where you're at up there, Mac Brown ends up coming back to Carolina, and, you know, w- was that a move that maybe some were looking at even in that region of the country as a little mysterious, or w- what do you think of that move for Carolina on the surface, and maybe has it changed uh, at, as you've seen what he's done on the recruiting trail so far? I think definitely from a national perspective, uh, most people seemed a little bit surprised at that hire. I honestly thought that Carolina was going to go after Scott Satterfield, but um, when, when they brought in Mack and Bubba Cunningham made that decision, um, you know, it, at first it was a little bit surprising, but I think if you look back, clearly he's done great things wherever he's been, but uh, primarily at North Carolina, that's kind of where he, he made a name for himself, and you know... I, you know, we, we did a podcast actually talking about some of those good coaching hires and I applauded North Carolina for 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 going out there and, and kind of rolling the dice and I kind of saw it as a situation where they brought in a guy to get that program back where it needs to be and in the process probably transition somebody to hand the reins over to with Mac being 68 years old I and mean, he's obviously, doesn't have a lot of time left in him but certainly a lot of good coaching and he's brought in a great staff and I think You know, I, I think it's kind of tough to say this uh, if you look at it from a national perspective, but this team has talent. I know that they are, over the last couple of years, a combined 5 and 18, but there is talent here. Uh, is it, is it kind of ludicrous to say that they could end up winning some games this year? and? I mean, is, is it really that far-fetched to think that in an ACC Coastal that is, you know, really lacking a superior team that they could really cause a couple of issues for some of the people that many are looking at as the favorites? Yeah, no, I, I mean, you hit it right on the head, Anthony. They, the Coastal is wide open, and there's really no clear cut. I mean, i think virginia tech and miami are kind of the leaders going in uh you can throw pittsburgh's name in the in the ring because of the fact that they bring back a decent amount of uh, talent from last year's championship team but you know they they really lived into that uh coastal division championship last year and north carolina in the last two years i know that they've played i think um i think we it done about seven or eight games in the last two years where it's been by a touchdown or less so they're they were close and they do have talent um you know, this is this is a group, you know, one of the guys that I love watching on offense is Daz Newsome and not just on offense but certainly is a punt returner as well. Um you know, defensively, they bring back a, a good handful of uh, players and starters from last year. I think the secondary is going to be pretty good. Um, and, you know, Mac Brown's a guy that, you know, stresses discipline, and, and he's going to bring in a, a, an improved culture in that locker room. And it's not to say that Coach Fedora didn't have it, but when you only win, you know, two or three games the last two seasons, uh, there, there's something that had to change, and I think that they made the right move. And I do applaud the hire of Mac Brown. Like I said, sometimes it's better to bring in a, a seasoned guy, regardless of their age, and it's been done before. There was an article I read uh, by a, a local newspaper f- by you guys out in North Carolina um, where they kind of compared it to Bill Snyder coming back to Kansas State, Bobby Petrino coming back to Louisville, and uh, even going back in 92 when Bill Walsh returned to Stanford. All of those guys won uh, six games, eight games, and ten games respectively in their first season, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that Mack brings uh, a winning culture back to North Carolina. Uh, kind of or uh, primarily, I've between four and seven wins going into next year. I think realistically they could be at about five or six and sniffing a bowl game. Even if they get that five-win total, if they get some help, they could be one of those five-win teams that kind of gets that waiver from the NCAA to, to go into a bowl game. And I think that most bowl uh, places would love to see Matt Brown back in their bowl again. Well, one of the key things for the Tar Heels is going to be getting back that potent offense that they had in the early parts of Larry Fedora's tenure and then towards that 2015 and 2016 successful run. When you look at this offense, you know, you mentioned a guy like Daz Newsom, who I expect to have a great season, especially in Phil Longo's offense, which seems to really thrive on having receivers like him. But it seems like the running back position is the strongest. And, you know, I. I had talked about this a little bit last year. Now these guys are even a year older, and you're talking about Michael Carter, Antonio Williams, and Javante Williams, who really surprised some people last year. Is it is it weird to think that the running game might actually drive an air raid offense for Carolina this year? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's really starting to be the trend that you're seeing with the air raid, is uh, the successful teams who run the air raid system are successful primarily because they have a good run game to complement the passing attack. I think it's, I think logistically it's easier to to be successful through the air just because there's a lot of space and you're getting more and more uh, intelligent and efficient quarterbacks. But if you can complement it with a good run game, uh, that's you know, started up front with a good zone blocking scheme. Those three guys that you mentioned especially Carter and Javante Williams, I think that they're going to make a good one-two punch and then Antonio Williams kind of gives them that, uh, that bulk and that beef uh, you know, all three are pretty tough guys to bring down but what I like about uh, Michael Carter especially is he's got that burst after contact and he's got that burst once he gets through the line I think definitely the run game is probably going to be the spearhead of this offense at least until they can solidify a quarterback Sam Howell, whether it's Jace Ruder, or whether it's Cade uh, Kate Fortin, um, I think that originally you're going to go in with, uh, with Ruder maybe get the start in week one, but if, if Howell can come along, I mean, he obviously is Matt Brown's prize gem from this recruiting class, and he's going to be the long-term guy that they're going to try and uh, you know, sink their heels into and, and get this Carolina program back on the Talking to Chim Chapman, Chappie, the college football writer, as you guys may know him on Twitter from the Bowl Full of Chips podcast. So on the defensive side of the ball, you did mention that there is some talent there. In the secondary, there is a lot of talent that returns with guys like Miles Dorn and Patrice Renee, as well as Trey Morrison. There's some guys up front as well, Timone Fox and Jason Strowbridge, but they are working through a couple of injury issues. But You know, the main thing that we heard in spring ball with this defense was that there is still a lack of depth And that was one of the big issues that many people had with the way that Larry Fedora recruited When you look at this defense, I mean staying healthy has to be extremely important But how does Carolina work around maybe some of those weaknesses when it comes to depth behind the guys that are going to be starting? Well, uh, you know they're team mantra is don't blink and I think that kind of goes into their uh their conditioning program as well. It's gonna be a constant, fast pace. They need to get guys who are going to be well conditioned and especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that uh you know they they've made some uh you know they they out the the snaps and the reps among these players that need to be on the two and maybe even threes in the transcript doesn't look like he's going to be able to play this year nor will uh just recent transfer or enrollee Bryce Watts who's coming over from Virginia Tech um I think he's going to apply for a waiver but probably not going to get it so you know the depth may not be as, as deep as it needs to be this season but um giving 2019 a chance and, and giving them a, a, a season to put these guys under their belt 2020 certainly looks like uh be my team in the cultural, really in the ACC, to keep an eye on is maybe one of those teams, kind of like Kentucky last year, who um, maybe not as successful as the Wildcats, but certainly some, that, some team that opens eyes and, and gives people to say, uh, didn't expect this from Carolina this year, at least outside of Chapel Hill anyway. Well, I think everybody would take that, that's a Tar Heel fan, and expectations, like you mentioned, are something that have to sort of be a, a little, people got to adjust them here, especially early on. I think everybody looks at what Mac Brown did when in his time at Texas and says, look, we want to win now and we want to win often, but... You know, when you look at what the success of Mac Brown in Chapel Hill in his second stint is going to be, I think five or six wins will be a good start. Where do you see it going from there if you're going to deem this a successful second tenure for him and a good reason to come out of retirement? Well, I think he's certainly uh, making waves with recruiting, so if things continue to trend the way that they are. I would say if you're looking in a four-year window of time, uh, a success for Matt Brown would be certainly improving on his win totals every year. So say he gets five this year. If he's going to get to six or seven the next year, seven or eight the following year, I think a success will realistically be that they are playing in the ACC championship within four years representing that coastal division. Because like I said, it's there, there's no clear-cut favorite even looking into the future. I mean, Virginia Tech, even Miami, are not solidifying things in the recruiting trail to where you're thinking, wow, these guys are going to be you know monsters in the years to come. There's a pretty level playing field and I think that Mac is, is certainly um, getting uh, you know, the tar heels and their their horns uh, pun intended to uh, you know, kind of put themselves in that position in the coach role as well. So I think yeah, a uh, realistically successful uh, stint would be you know they're competing and possibly even playing in that ACC championship within four years. Well, I think that would be everybody's. Uh, I mean, it seems like those are where the expectations are going to. And I think everybody would be very happy with that. And, uh, you know, when you look, I, I, you know, I had this question um, brought up to me actually from one of the. Uh, fans inside the fan base. They said if you had to look on this staff, who do you think could end up being the head coach after Mac Brown leaves? I said it was Jay Bateman, and I kind of wanted to ask you about that. Um, you know, Do you see Jay Bateman being a guy that could maybe end up taking over for Mac Brown whenever he does eventually step away down the line? Does he seem to have that head coaching type pedigree? I think so, and I'm not completely familiar with his entire background, but I do know that you know, working with Jeff Munkin at Army, Munkin is one of the, the best coaches in the game right now and probably one of the most underrated coaches, so um, aside from working with Munkin, but just being in that Army atmosphere, um, you know, that, that culture that they've built there and that the United States uh, Military Academy has always had out in West Point, I think that that's a great building block, but I think also, you know, typically when you get defensive-minded coaches, they seem to be pretty successful head coaches, just because, you know, he's got that Carolina pedigree. But, you know, he's really untested. I don't know how much coaching he has in him, and and maybe that'll be yet to be seen. I know he's a great recruiter, and he certainly knows his stuff on the defensive side of the ball from a cornerback position. So that's another guy maybe as an outside shot just because, you know, he was a former player under Mac Brown. He kind of knows... Um, the ins and outs of, of how Matt runs his programs. So, but yeah, I think Bateman certainly would be the leader in the clubhouse if you ask me today. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh, Dre Bly was definitely not a guy that I was I was thinking in my mind, but as you say it, you know, he is a, a younger guy and you never really know. So, uh, that is Tim Chapman of the Bowl of Chips podcast. Hey, Tim, tell them where they can follow you at because uh, I've seen some of your stuff. Uh, you know, I, I recently just started following you and uh, I had to get you on because I love everything. Everything that you've been putting out. So tell them where they can follow you so that they can follow all of the great stuff that you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Uh, actually, on Twitter, I've kind of got two handles. One for the show, it's at bowl full of chips. Uh but you can follow me personally. I'm at champion underscore lit, uh, L-I-T. So uh, I, I post a lot of stuff uh, from the national landscape. You know, I specialize in Northwestern football, but really, It's college football in general, so uh, follow me there. And then again, our podcast is Bowl Full of Chips. We're on um, Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I guess they call themselves now Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. There's a lot of platforms, so just go in and Google Bowl Full of Chips Podcast, and you'll find us there. A lot of good stuff. We typically turn it out about twice a week. Hey Tim, it should be a fantastic year of college football, and hey, thanks for joining us to give us a little bit of information on these 2019 Tar Heels. Hopefully our fan base can reel in the expectations, and uh, who knows, maybe we end up surprising a couple of people. It's great to hear that you're one of those guys that thinks that this team really has some uh, ability in them and sees a chance for them to have a really good season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Anthony. And anytime time uh, you want me back, especially if, if Targill Nation rises up and, and surprises ACC country this year, uh, I'd love to be back on and basically uh – chime in with you and say we told you so. All right. That sounds great, man. I would love that. Hopefully, we can look forward to that down the line. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be having you on down the line to talk a little more college football because, you know, you're a guy that is just so into it, and that's what we love here on the Heel Tough blog podcast. So, you take care, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road, okay? All right. Thanks, Dan. Take care. All righty. So that is Tim Chapman of the Bowl Full of Chips podcast. He's a relatively new guy, at least from my perspective on social media, um, and he just does a fantastic job. He has been releasing the breakout players for all of the teams in the country. Just went through the ACC uh, earlier this week, actually. I think it was uh, on Thursday or Friday that he did release Carolina's breakout players. So, you know, we had to get him on the horn, and uh, he did a fantastic job helping us break down what should. Be a very exciting season for the North Carolina Tar Heels. We're gonna have so many more people coming on to help us preview this 2019 season. I know we are gonna have Brett Siancia from Pick Six Previews. That is the best pit previews that you can get. That's the best previews that are out there. So they have the best rating. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Pick Six Previews usually puts it up. There are people, believe it or not, that actually sit down and rate how you do in your predictions for college football. They've got all of the big names up there. Phil Steele's up there, Athlon Magazine, Street & Smith... Everybody is up there, and Pick 6 Previews is the number one site for college football fans to go to. So, keep an eye out for that. That should be coming out here soon. We'll be talking to him uh, as soon as we can get him on the horn. I know he's busy over there with everything that's been going on. They're trying to put together their massive preview that they're going to release here. I believe that's coming out in July, and we'll hear that from him whenever we sit down and talk to him. Also, we're going to have Steven Lassen from Athlon Sports. He's going to come back on and chat with us. You guys remember he talked to us last year. We'll see what he thinks about Mac Brown in this 2019 team. And then that's right. On June 20th, we do have a date set for that. The man himself, Phil Steele, will be back, ladies and gentlemen. We had him on last year. He did a fantastic job. So I call. I, I, uh, messaged back in, actually, email back in. There's no number to call, but I messaged back in. I said, look, I gotta have Phil back on this year. And they hit me back up. They said, look, we got some availability. Let's see if we can fit you in. So we are having him back on again this year. I am so excited for that because Phil Steele is phenomenal. He Everybody knows that he is the guy that, I mean, look, he's got like 30, 40 televisions in his basement. He is what we all aspire to be as college football fans. He watches every single game that he possibly can on all these different screens. He does such a great job covering all of the 130 teams in the FBS, and so we are going to have him on. He'll give us an in-depth preview of what's going to happen for the 2019 Tar Heels. Last year, he was a guy that was pretty high on Carolina. Wonder if he's still high on them. Wonder what he thinks of the Mac Brown hire, especially being a guy that's been around college football for as long as he has. So We'll get that take from him, and then of course later on down the line, we'll also have in from the Sporting News, Bill Bender. He's going to stop by with us and chat a little bit. And then, of course, we'll also be trying to get some other guys on down the line to potentially talk about the 2019 North Carolina Tar Heels. We'll also circle back once we get near fall camp and start talking to some of our local reporters or our guys that are closer to the team. So, GoHeels.com's Pat James will come back on. We'll have Jacob Turner from Tar Heel Illustrated who will come back on and talk to us. And we'll see who else we can't get on the line to come in and discuss what should be an extremely exciting 2019 season for the North Carolina Tar Heels. There's going to be some great stuff going on for Heel Tough blog and and the Heel Tough blog podcast. Make sure that you guys follow the Heel Tough blog on Facebook. You can like and follow the page on there and uh, also make sure that you go to www.heeltoughblog.com. That's where you can scroll to the bottom and subscribe To the weekly newsletter, which we are going to try to start putting out more often, that will send it straight to your email, and you'll be able to read all of the updates on what's going on around Tar Heel football. Also, If you are on the Facebook page, if you like and subscribe to that, you will be able to see the No Huddle updates, which is our video portion that we do. Each week, we'll put together a video that will help to update you on all of the major storylines that have happened around Tar Heel football, and you can see that on the Heel Tough blog Facebook page, as I mentioned. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, at Heel Tough blog on Twitter, or if you want to just follow me directly, it's at future Tar Heel, or you can so just search my name Anthony Pagnata and that will come up as well also, make sure that you go to healtuffblog.com right now to check out the latest stories, including Bryce Watts' transfer to North Carolina. You heard uh, Tim Chapman mentioned it there just a little bit, but he did end up committing after his official visit this weekend earlier today. So Bryce Watts is officially a member of the North Carolina Tar Heels now. Like Tim said, it is going to be a little tough for him to probably get cleared for this season. More than likely, he is going to have have to sit out, but if he is cleared for this season, that would be a huge break for the Tar Heels. Also, Cameron Kelly, uh, the guy or the player who transferred from Auburn earlier this offseason, he is applying for a waiver. He, as of right now, has not heard back from the NCAA, and it seems likely that he will also have to sit out this year. So two guys that will be coming in but will not be a part of the team this year. They will have to wait until next year. Still some big news there. And then, of course, the two 2020 class added another member today. That is three-star strong side defensive end A.J. Beatty from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He ends up committing after his official visit to Chapel Hill. So, big stuff going on around Tar Heel football, and you can keep up with all of it on HeelToughBlog.com. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can do that anywhere. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com, the TuneIn app. You can do it on Spreaker, yeah. <laughs> Or you can just go to heeltuffblog.com each time and make sure that you keep up with everything that's going on with the podcast on our podcast page. Just go to the top banner of the website and click on podcast, and that will take you right there. So, I want to thank Tim Chapman for stopping by and joining us to talk a little bit of Toriel football and help preview the 2019 season. And I want to thank you guys for listening as always. And as always, Go Tar Heels! Thank <laughs> you.